0: May 2018. May 1st, 2018. Happy first birthday to Mia. Hashtag Borman Bernards. Hashtag St. Bernard. Hashtag Painsucker. May 4th, 2018. Awareness. That's my new word. It's National Mental Health Awareness Month, and I have so much to say. Even though it's called Facebook, I realize no one actually wants to read a book here. But i'm not good at conversation without including all the details some of you are laughing and going this is for sure true the girl can talk just know that i try to condense i really do when logan first took his life i had many many people contact me some with their friend's story some with their child's story and many others with even their personal story so many are struggling and i suppose they reached out for a variety of reasons but I found myself asking over and over, why are they contacting me? We failed. They don't want my advice. We must have done it wrong. And then there were the times early on that I talked with educated people, like my counselor, good teacher friends that work with these issues in school, and even Logan's best friend's mother, who knew Logan since about ninth grade and is also a high school counselor. And after rehashing and rummaging through the last few years and explaining the details that led up to that awful day, I heard the same thing over and over. Lori, there is nothing you could have done. Really? I mean, really? One perspective is this is exactly what I wanted to hear because it confirmed my works and love as a parent. This made me feel better that somehow I didn't have to blame myself so much. The second perspective was complete frustration. How could that be true? Because if it is, then how can we prevent this? How can I help others not have to go through this? So as my journey is playing out, I analyze everything to the core over and over again, learn from others, and pray about my purpose. The answer I'm finding to that last question, how can I help if I did everything mostly right, is this share share your story share what you're learning by sharing everyone learns it becomes awareness maybe you remember my very first post the day logan died when i said we loved him so much and as best we knew how well how about this one i discovered only recently do the best you can until you know better then when you know better do better maya angelou This quote brings me such comfort. It gives me peace that we fought the battle with the tools we had, but also a mission to share the things we now know better. We are learning, and regardless of whether the knowledge we have now could have changed Logan's mind—his denial is certainly a contributing factor, and something that needs to be shared about as well—it might have changed the circumstances in which we played out our roles as his family, friends, Co workers, etc. We don't get new chances with Logan to put in place what we know now, but my prayer is that our experience and gained insight can help prevent others from suffering the way we have, the way Logan did. So I'm going to share more of his story. I'm going to start sharing more about mental health and how it affected our lives, Logan's life, about depression, about the stigma surrounding mental health about denial, about suicide, and I'm sure I'll be adding more as I go along. Awareness. That's what I'm praying for. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag awareness. Hashtag suicide awareness. May 8th, 2018. Clinical depression is not just a feeling of sadness or blue for a few days. It's a serious medical illness. This second part is something we did not fully understand before Logan took his life, and certainly I question if he did either. Clinical depression is just like cancer, heart disease, or diabetes. You can't just wish it away. You can't just get over it. It's a medical diagnosis that can have serious implications if not dealt with. Obviously, right? Normalizing it as something everyone periodically experiences, we come to believe that those who are impaired by the illness are somehow weak and not managing their depression like everyone else can. I firmly believe this is one reason Logan denied the diagnosis. Sadness is a normal range of emotion. Clinical depression is not. Clinical, or major depression, is defined as a mental health disorder, characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities, causing significant impairment in daily life. This can lead to a range of behavioral and physical symptoms, the Mayo Clinic. While people do often feel low or severely sad for an extended period of time, the physical symptoms that Logan displayed are many, but I don't include sadness. I'll talk about them in my next post. I believe he may have felt sad at times, don't we all? But I don't feel he had a persistent sadness. In fact, we all agree he was the happiest in the last four to five months than he had been in the last few years. It's important to know that repeatedly, I pointed out symptoms and how they were related to depression, and he would reply, but I'm not sad, or but I'm not depressed. Individuals who display some or all of the symptoms can find themselves locked in a state in which they cannot even respond to painful stimuli. This is the part we particularly didn't recognize. He was incapable of making his own decisions at a certain point. I just want to scream. And why didn't I realize this and step in even more than I already was? In the end, he didn't make a choice. A choice is when you have options. Those that complete suicide see it as the only way. Thank you to the book that I read that clarified that for me. Logan registered a very strong protest to that word depression. I believe he did so for more than one reason. Remember, this is my analogy, not what he told me. Number one, the stigma is that people that are depressed are weak. He was a self-proclaimed incredible guy who had a hard time swallowing his pride. I think he assumed he would be seen as weak, and certainly didn't see himself that way. I definitely want to help change this, especially for guys and men. The truth is, admitting depression is one of the strongest things you can do. It takes a lot of courage to say, I need help. His goodbye letter contained the words, I'm sorry I'm so weak. Ironic that one major attribute he lived to deny was the hallmark he described as taking over in the end. Number two, he was a super intellectual guy, and he knew it. And I think he thought he could outsmart something like this, a mental illness. He could not be tricked into alterations in thought process. He could outplay his brain, and he could fight off anything that was causing a war. Number three. And if he could outsmart depression, certainly he didn't think he could have a medical diagnosis. Since he was still smart, he thought the disease could not have affected him. Let's be honest, you can be super smart and still have cancer. Why can't you be super smart and have depression? He even wrote in his goodbye letter, I don't think anything is wrong in my head, confirming that even at the point he had succumbed to, it couldn't be his head. It certainly couldn't be that mental illness thing people talk about. Number four, he wasn't sad or lonely, which is most often associated with depression. Logan had a plethora of friends, so I'm sure his social activities ruled it out for him. The unfortunate truth is that we describe a feeling state the same as the name of a disease. This seriously downplays the severity of the disease itself. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag suicide awareness. May 10th, 2018. My last post, I talked about depression being a serious disease or medical diagnosis. Please check it out if you didn't see it. And as always, please share if you'd like. Expanding today on what we saw with Logan. Common symptoms with clinical depression and the ones Logan displayed were Difficulty sleeping. He was strict about how many hours he needed to sleep, but would frequently tell me he didn't sleep well when asked. Altered energy levels. I knew this somewhat at the time, but looking back at messages sent to friends, he frequently stayed home telling them he was too tired, exhausted, or just not feeling up to it. Lack of appetite. Even when he would try and eat, he couldn't eat much at the time before saying he was full or not feeling well. GI issues. He frequently complained of stomach aches. I even took him to the GI doc, and she informed him that it was likely stress or anxiety. Pain. His hands hurt. His feet hurt. His head hurt. Head sensitivity, and he had frequent headaches. Many of these I attributed, and told him so, to the long hours spent on the computer. I still believe this definitely contributed, and I believe he was truly in a lot of pain, but I think it was very much psychosomatic as well. Lack of interest in things he once enjoyed. This happened around age 15 or 16, and was the most obvious and sudden change. I include withdrawal as part of this. He stopped being interested in us and what was going on around him in our house. Lack of motivation. He knew he was struggling with school, despite being very capable, and just didn't want to do the work. Concentration. I remember now him complaining of this in the classroom, college, early on, and didn't have an answer other than I kept telling him I think it was maybe a part of something bigger, with some of the other things. More recently, in fact as little as two weeks before he resigned from his job, he came home saying he didn't feel good, that he couldn't concentrate well enough to be doing such an important job that day. Other symptoms that were not displayed until the very, very end were changes in self-esteem and thoughts of suicide. Wow, you may be thinking, How on earth did you not see all this? That's a lot. I may expand on some of these in another post, but for now, I'm trying to keep this at a few minutes reading time. The truth is, some were evident throughout, and some displayed only intermittently. Some seemed to affect his daily activities, and some seemed like normal things any teen or college student would exhibit. Some seemed like Logan because we all knew he seemed to have amplified pain. But now we wonder, did he? And some of it was just confusing. For example, our most frequent argument would be regarding the length of time he would spend in his room, where it was dark and isolated, the basement. But then he would go out with friends often, and be involved in activities with them, board games, frisbee golf, and more. So he was living somewhat of a double life. We, or at least I, thought it was us, his family. For some reason, we just couldn't connect with him, and I couldn't figure out why. Analyzing in hindsight, one perspective I come to is that he was spending so much energy socially and trying to have fun, I do think he genuinely was having fun when he was with his friends, that home is where he landed, exhausted. The other truth is that we exhaustedly tried to help him. What did we do? Another post later. I guess because he didn't wave at me, saying he was sad. He repeatedly told me he was fine, and he never threatened to take his life. It somehow caused me to worry less. Not that I didn't worry, believe me, I did. We certainly knew he had all the symptoms of a depression, but we didn't realize one He had a major depression, a disease, a disease that doesn't go away. He needed to develop resiliency, skills, and awareness, or when it came back, he would struggle, and he would likely struggle with it all of his life. Two, it could strike at any time and quickly, despite things seeming to be going in a great direction. Three, depression could be dangerous. I mean, people take their lives every day, And certainly if I pondered it, I would tell you the root is depression. But that did not seem like Logan. He wouldn't actually do that. He didn't have that kind of depression. We were wrong. Don't be afraid to ask someone, have you thought about hurting yourself or taking your life? We seem to think if we ask, it will cause them to think about it if they haven't. This is actually a ridiculous conclusion. Everyone knows it's out there. You are not giving them a new idea. Many will find relief by being able to say it out loud. Others will realize someone else cares enough to wonder. For some, it might be a way to open up wounds and a conversation, a conversation that could save their life. This biggest reason people don't ask, they don't want to know the answer. They can't imagine What that would be like to hear those words. Well, you don't want to imagine what it will be like if they complete suicide and you didn't ask. So if there is someone you've been worried about, take the time and seek them out and ask. Today. And if you find yourself in the future worrying about someone, don't wait to ask. Do it at the moment you realize you are questioning. This photo is of Logan and his friends. They saw him as happy and had no idea what was going on. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag suicide awareness. May 11th, 2018. Young Authors Night at the school is an evening set aside each year for the parents to visit the classrooms and read all the writings the kids have done throughout the year. I have wanted to share some of these great stories that Logan wrote. He had such a creative and imaginary mind, but today I can't go there. I not only can't read any of them right now, but I also don't even want to shuffle through them, knowing what some of them say based on the pictures at the top. So instead, I'm going to just share the introduction piece we saw at Amaya's desk. Yep, that really sucked to see. Instead of being able to smile and tell her what a great job she did, those words penetrated our brains for the rest of the reading time. Sorry, Amaya. We have no idea what your stories were about. Another evening of emotions in the life of survivors of suicide. Thankful once again, the sun always shines in the morning. Hashtag suicide survivor. Hashtag suicide sucks. In Amaya's book, at the end, it reads all about the author. Hi, my name is Amaya. I was adopted from Africa when I was four years old. I have one sister named Savannah and a brother named Bryce. I used to have another brother named Logan, but he committed suicide. I love sports. My favorite sport is soccer. I play the trombone, and I love hearing music with just instruments. I love pop music and watching hip-hop. May 13, 2018. I thought today was a perfect day to share the number one thing I've learned as a mother. Parenting is hard. We all know that. But for most of us, it gets really hard when they are old enough to really hurt your feelings. When your six-year-old says, I hate you, or you're so mean, you are strong enough to take that, right? But what about when your teen doesn't respond when you say, I love you, or even have a good day? When Logan came back from School of Mines after his freshman semester, he had stopped communicating nearly altogether with us. He wouldn't say, I love you, and was so very distant. I had already put up a few walls from the previous two to three years when he began to withdraw and told us he didn't like spending time with us which now I know is a huge part of depression. But this seemed more extreme, more hurtful. He reluctantly agreed to go to counseling, but he could be shockingly honest. I could never have been prepared for some of the conversations that took place regarding feelings, emotions, and how he perceived life. Although it was some of the worst moments of my life, it also helped me recognize the most important thing I could ever do as a mom continue to tell my son I loved him all the time. He was very lost. He was never rude or disrespectful to us, no foul mouth, and never threw things or slammed doors. But what he did do was hurt me in a way he didn't even realize. Not intentionally, but when he stopped saying those words back, it was hard to not take it so personally. He said he didn't know what love was, or what it was all about, really. He lost his faith somewhere in there, and he was obviously very empty. We had some hard conversations, and although I knew he was struggling with life questions, it's hard to hear from your son that if you got hit by a truck tomorrow, he wouldn't probably be very upset. You go back to those days of breastfeeding or rocking him to sleep, To those days of dropping him at camp and feeling like you just gave him the best week's gift in the world. To hugging him when he brought you a homemade gift from school so proudly. How could those slip away in memory so easily for him? Didn't they mean anything? It was so frustrating, most of his thoughts, that all I could do to protect myself was to attempt to put up walls so that I didn't hurt so bad. The counselor quickly analyzed and revealed to me, through our sessions with Logan, that he did not understand unconditional love. He wasn't seeing it as an emotion or feeling, but more as an action, something I'm required to have for him, and he for me, since we're family. She told me, as hard as it is, you have to keep telling him you love him, all the time, even when it hurts even when you know you won't hear it back. If you're not a parent, then maybe you don't know that can be something really hard to do. It seems easy. We all love our kids. And maybe for some of you, this comes easy to say all the time. However, it comes easy for me when things are going all great. But when I'm feeling hurt and not appreciated, it's really, really hard. But those are the times you need to say it the most. So I pushed through that next six months to a year. Every time I didn't want to say it, I prayed for strength, and the words came out. I love you, Logan. Honestly, it was sometimes a real struggle. I'm still unsure of all the things that transpired over his course. But slowly Logan started responding again. He started giving me hugs. He started telling me he loved me back. His internal battle obviously continued, but he was able to regain the feeling of love. I felt I had contributed, if even just a bit. Monday, December 11th, just three days before Logan took his life, Logan turned 23. I struggled with wishing him happy birthday. You're probably horrified I would think this, But it had been my birthday just a couple weeks before, and although we were out of town, I didn't receive a text, a phone call, nothing from him that day. In my mind, I wondered if he would realize how much he hurt me sometimes, just by his inattentiveness, if I only knew how badly he was struggling just to live at this point. He also had resigned from his job a couple of days before, but hadn't told us yet. I was confused and even intermittently angry, unsure of what had happened. This was supposed to be his new beginning. But then again, getting a degree in engineering and attending mines was, too. Although a large part of me was worried, he had done things before that didn't make sense, so a part of me was full of frustration—again, if I only knew how badly he was struggling just to live at this point. So when he walked upstairs, although I hesitated because my emotions were getting to me, I thought to myself, Lori, this is your son, and you have to wish him a happy birthday. You have to remind him how important he is. With that, I walked over and hugged him and forced my words out. Immediately as he hugged me back, my heart was already changing and softening. Turned out he was probably barely capable of responding. But he did he was struggling each moment and one will never know but maybe my hug and words helped him get through just one more day i smashed my pride and am forever grateful this one of the ultimate final memories was so positive imagine if i had not talked to him that day imagine the increased pain and regret i would have i hope you remember this story when you are struggling with someone It obviously didn't change Logan's decision to take his life, but I have so much peace knowing he knew we loved him no matter what. I know we had said it many times before, but I believe our persistence in telling him that, even when he didn't expect it, is what paid off for him to be able to write these last words to us. I know I am loved. I love you all. I plan to get a tattoo with his handwriting with these words to remind me of that love we shared. Unconditional. Hashtag I love you all. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag unconditional love. Hashtag miss him so much. Hashtag Mother's Day. May 15th, 2018. A lot of people have asked about work at the hospital. Are you going back? do you want to? Are you dreading it? First, let me express that we, work and I, have a love-hate relationship. I hate having a schedule. It's a control thing. I want total control. And also, not being able to be here to watch my Mowgli, he has seizures, and when he has one, he needs meds to stop his clustering. Leads me to feel helpless on those long days. I love having time to meet with people to be at church each Sunday, to do projects, to always be able to support my kids in their activities. And I love being home with my doggies. I don't get bored. I don't feel like I need to work in order to fulfill a purpose or even to have an identity. The biggest problem is I just don't seem to have time for work. But I love what I do. Having a NICU baby once myself, I feel like it was an area I was called to be in. I can relate to my families, and I love feeling like I am ministering in a way that not a lot of people can. When I'm there, it's great. I love the people I work with, and I love helping others. And, well, then there is that money thing. I mean, we could make it happen that I could stay home, but I don't want to live tight. And Plexus has definitely been a wonderful lifesaver, as I've been out, and one that I know will eventually give me that time, freedom. But for now, it seems God is calling me back to work. As always, I do keep feeling pulled in other directions. Sometimes it's missions. Sometimes it's teen pregnancy, something I can relate to. Sometimes it's ministry. And of course, well, right now it's mental health and suicide prevention. My biggest war. I like to do things 100%. I like to be good at what I do. And I can get obsessive about things. But I know that is not healthy for me, for my family, and I have come to accept that I can't do everything to the fullest. Yes, I'm one of those people that wish I had ten lives to be able to accomplish everything I want. But how do I know God is calling me back to work? At the end of the day, I'm healthiest when I just listen. One day at a time, I listen to what God has planned for me the next day, the next week, the next month. I pray for his will to be done, and that he would help me see clearly where I'm supposed to be. I pray he will close doors on opportunities I shouldn't be seeking, and he would open them widely if he wants me to go in there. Is there an opportunity in front of me, maybe through a text or an email, that is in line with what he teaches, love, patience, kindness, joy, etc.? what is giving me peace and sometimes i don't want to do what is seemingly being placed in front of me but that tug that it is the right thing puts it right down on my schedule or causes me to act and that gives me peace as well yesterday was my first day back in the hospital nothing in five months happened that made it really clear that i shouldn't be there we didn't win the lottery and I still wanna buy a house with some acres for my dogs. It's also not clear that I should be creating a new nonprofit in Logan's name. There are so many out there. Maybe I just need to find the right one to join venture with. And my two work days a week are still allowing me to do some of the many things I enjoy. I am always looking for confirmation that I'm doing the right thing for his purpose. Sometimes it's a little shady and I'm uncertain, and sometimes the answer screams loudly at me. Yesterday, I was screamed at. Dreading the drive into work, and that I would show up with my makeup already ruined, I had a piece that came over me, and I sang instead. As I could see the hospital in sight, the song I Have This Hope played on my radio. I have even written a post about this song before, and what it means to me. I know I shouldn't be videoing as I drive, but I wanted to share it with you all. I walked in and was greeted by so many special friends in my life. They didn't ask me anything. Just over and over throughout the day, I got hugs and was told, It's so good to see you. I wasn't sure what I needed for the day to go smoothly, but the caring and genuineness of each and every hug turned out to be perfect for me. And I ended up taking care of two precious babies, babies of one of our own, a NICU nurse, a coworker, a friend. It's been an emotionally taxing ride for her, and she has other little ones at home on top of it. I feel like yesterday I was meant to be her baby's nurse. She was meant to be my baby's mom. As I continue to deal with death, and as she struggles with new life, lives, we were able to make it through the day together with the support of love and hope and even smiles. There is no doubt yesterday I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Hashtag, not my will, but yours be done. Hashtag, Luke 2242 Hashtag, hope. May 16th, 2018. You know what a super hard day looks like for me lately? Field day. Those of you that know me well, know that I love sports. I love watching my kids compete. Elementary field day for fifth and sixth grade is one of the first events where our kids athletic ability is on display and can be compared to others in our surrounding schools. The kids they'll be competing with or against in high school. We have multiple elementary schools that all feed into one junior high in high school. I normally love field day. I have never missed a field day for any of the kids, and so I wanted to be there to celebrate with Amaya, to cheer her on. I was genuinely excited to see her do some track events, especially since we know she is really fast. But the day took an unexpected turn for me, another one of those waves. I usually love the atmosphere, but this day was so different. It brought so many memories. Memories I guess I wasn't willing to share with a crowd of people. Thank goodness for the sun. Thank goodness for sunglasses. There was the reality of driving into that parking lot at the high school. A parking lot I had been to so many times for all of my kids. Only for some reason, this place, like so many others, chose to trap my mind with Logan memories and didn't allow me to think of the Bryce and Savannah ones. At least for now, that seems to be the way it is with many of the things all the kids shared in common. Maybe I'm grieving all my children being done with high school, being done with living in my house. I want those days back so badly. I think my longing to hug Logan again just exaggerates the tears for everything I'm feeling. There was the kid that ran the 400, giving it all he had with his hair flowing and long enough to scrape the bottom of his chin. I swear I saw Logan running. There was the goofy kid behind me telling stupid jokes. Did I just hear Logan? There was the dancing at lunch break. I could see Logan clearly doing the moves and not caring one bit who was watching. There was me sitting in the stands, just thinking about a track meet. "'Logan had run track, and I remember traveling to some of the different schools to watch him. "'He always told me he didn't care if I went, that it was no big deal, "'but I so longed to be a part of anything he did. "'I watched him plenty on this very field, playing soccer as well. "'He was only on the track team his freshman year. "'I think his depressed body didn't have the energy the years after. "'And then there was Mr. J, the P.E. teacher.' who has been there throughout all of my kids' school days. When he announced Amaya Boyer wins, I somehow could only hear him saying Logan's name. I chose to not stay the entire time. I needed a break. It was a day where memories wouldn't stop, and I just couldn't get a handle. Glad I was there to watch Amaya win a bunch, six total ribbons, but even more, I'm glad she knew I was there to support her because sometimes we don't love doing things for our kids, but we do them because we love them. I just hope next year, my smiles at this event for her won't be so forced. Hashtag suicide survivor. Hashtag suicide sucks. May 17th, 2018. A great commentary on the state of mental health in men. Men, you think it's okay to stifle your feelings? To ignore them? It's more macho to get help. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in all age groups of men 10 to 39. Wow. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag suicide awareness. May 18th, 2018. Revolutionary War Day. I have done this four times now. Don't have much to say about it. Hard to enjoy any of these days when all I think about are memories. But they aren't pleasant memories yet, just painful, sad ones. Hashtag suicide sucks. Hashtag suicide awareness. May 22, 2018. I'll be really honest here. And while I respect everyone's different views of faith, I hope you can do so in turn and recognize that I'm just writing about my personal struggles and how my beliefs have influenced my thoughts. While I list some references to Persuade, it's really to back up my thoughts and help people understand where I get them from. Because of my faith, in that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you live eternally with Him in heaven, I have not been afraid of death. But for those that I love, it's really scary to think about them not coming with me. I don't know what I think heaven really looks like. Are we reunited with our family? Will all our souls be a certain age? And we might have a feeling of certain people being closer to us? Or will everyone just be brothers and sisters? While this perfectness, whatever that looks like, I'm certain will be all we need. Right now, I long for joining my family and being able to recognize each relationship. But if it is pure joy and happiness up there, it's realistic to know we won't be aware of who is left behind. So the pain of separation is an earthly feeling. But I guess at least we can have hope we will be content in the end. But what about those that don't accept Jesus? What about my Logan, who struggled with this the last couple years? While he'd become a believer at a very early age, and had been baptized in his teens by his own free will, he had taken an AP biology class, I think his junior year, and had struggled with some science aspects of God after. We had some great conversations over the last couple years, and even read a book together discussing a chapter at a time. We almost always ended our talks pleasantly, usually mutually agreeing that there are things that just can't be answered on earth, and this is where faith comes in. Only I could go there, but his science brain couldn't. He wanted definite answers. So what about my Logan? This is the single hardest thing I have dealt with, because I believe hell is real. I know so many people don't want to say those words or hear them because they are exclusion words, but truth is truth. There's a great podcast on this, and a few good books on truth, too, that I can share if you're interested. And Jesus doesn't exclude anyone that wants to come to him. So if my sweet baby is in heaven celebrating his everlasting existence, I can seriously have complete peace about his death. And although it's painful to not have him here, I know this isn't the end, and we win. I can smile when people say, at least he is pain-free now, even though that's not something you should tell a grieving person, really. But if he's not, well, that's when my heart aches the most. It makes me not well. I can be sad thinking about these aspects regarding people I care about, but it's totally different when it comes to your own child. So after Logan's death, I was honest about this with those that know the Bible best. My pastor, Logan's youth group leader, my cousin Colin, etc. I cried to them that I didn't want to hear fluffy answers, and I feared people would tell me things just to comfort me. I wanted truth. While this is something that continues to pain me just a little bit when those thoughts cross my mind, because let's face it, I can't know 100%. I have been mostly reassured by them and find comfort. I thought I would share so that if you're struggling too, maybe it will help you gain a new perspective. Logan was baptized by his own request. This is a testament of having faith in Jesus, and in doing so, he was identifying with him. While baptism alone doesn't ensure salvation, Logan lived a life before and even after this event, acknowledging his trust in Christ, and baptism was just another way of showing it. Watching him mentor kids at camp, or when he would close his eyes in worship as he played the guitar in youth group, affirmed his faith to me more than anything. I suppose if these circumstances were not true, there would be the struggle not knowing if he had ever accepted Jesus believed in him even in his last moments but thankfully i have this knowledge so therefore it's easier to be reassured with these designations so the bible says nothing will be able to separate us from the love of god in romans 8 verses 38 and 39 it seems the point of this whole passage is about security god wants his people to experience deep unshakable confidence that we are secure in his love. Things will happen to make you feel separated from Christ, but this is reassurance that he will never leave you. If you are a believer, you are called according to his purpose, which is this everlasting security. Nothing means nothing, but let's explore briefly things that help me especially. In verse 38, some of the entities particularly listed are angels nor principalities nor powers likely referring to angelic or demonic beings or supernatural powers. I believe Logan was suffering an attack of evil, telling him lies. Thankfully, all these were all defeated on the cross. There are many other verses that refer to the triumph of Satan, but this one means the most to me, as I do believe he was in an altered state. Also, in verses 38 and 39, it talks about time and space. Time nor things present, nor things to come. So it didn't matter how bad it got for Logan. His circumstances don't change anything. And lastly, significant is no other created thing, which translators say covers everything that is not God. So if that includes no thing, no person, then it certainly means not ourselves either. I'm sorry for being weak and being a failure. It's easy for me to ignore it, When others say I've failed, but I can't ignore my own thoughts on it were depressing words that Logan left. It's obvious he had become his own worst enemy, but the Bible says that even we can't separate us. John 10 verse 28 says regarding us sheep, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. As our shepherd, he protects us. From eternal harm. My cousin, Colin, reminded me early on we all have struggles in our life, and sometimes those bring doubts of faith. I don't believe a loving God would punish us for that. It does make sense to me. I always compare my relationship with Jesus to the one that I have with my own kids. There is nothing that they could do to release my love for them. I may not like circumstances, but will always love them unconditionally and so I need to apply this to Logan's relationship with God. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Phew, I love this one. Second Peter 3 verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Some of you might think you are really, really slow. He is still waiting. Matthew 7, verse 7, where it says, Seek and you shall find. As mentioned before, Logan was open to reading books on God and science, discussing faith, and even attended the movie The Case for Christ, with us just a few months before his death. God knew he was searching with all that he had, And although I wished it would have come easier for Logan, I believe God is a just God. The Bible describes him this way many times. And if he is love, that equals just. I may not understand, but at the end of the day, if I believe he is just and fair, I must have peace with that. And even if I don't have some of the answers and certain passages can be argued, I do find immense comfort knowing he is just. Faith steps in and helps me remember to not worry. While there are surely other verses and situations, feel free to share them with me. These are the ones I've discovered have the least controversy. I'm sure people have their doubts and their arguments surrounding this. I wanted to express my thoughts and feelings and explain where I get my peace from. If you don't know Jesus, now is the best time to meet him. God wants us to persist. Don't give up after a few half-hearted efforts to find him. I do believe if you are asking, seeking, you will find. Sometimes it's just perspective. And if you start looking for signs, he loves you. I promise you will find them. Regarding the Bible, I think many times us lay people try and interpret the Bible, and that's where we get into trouble. If you're struggling with its understanding and truth, get a Bible like the Life Application Study Bible, where there are notations throughout that translate and explain history and interpretation made by over a 100 transdenominational scholars working directly from the best available Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts. More about this, see the front of the Bible. If science is holding you back... I promise there are all kinds of books, YouTube videos, TED Talks that will blow you away if you take the time to watch them. Because of Logan's questions, I have become a much stronger believer because I was seeking to find the answers that he was bringing. And if you just don't get it, why Jesus? Search for those words, an Erwin McManus mosaic on YouTube or as a podcast. He has a lot of really, really great messages. But if you're not convinced yet, this one is an excellent place to start. Deep Mind is a good one, too. Another genuine, superintelligent speaker is Louis Giglio. His talk, How Great is Our God?, is a favorite dealing with some science and will help make sense of so much. I didn't write all of this to be preachy. That really wasn't my intention. I just wanted to be real and let you know it's been a struggle for me. Thankfully, by researching and listening to those smarter than I, I'm reassured more than ever that Logan is in heaven. But that might not be how you are feeling. For those of you who have lost loved ones, and you simply don't know where they stood, all I can say is I'm sorry. Painful. Hopefully the just God part might help. And although we can't change the past, we can engage and act in the future. Seek hugs. May 26th, 2018. We're eating at Logan's favorite place and acting like Logan often did. Hashtag dorks. Hashtag five guys. Hashtag miss you. Who would know eating at a burger joint could stir up so many emotions? Hashtag suicide survivors. Hashtag suicide awareness.